The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. All right, that's, uh, that's our opening for today. We appreciate you being here. And I'm Mac McCoy, along with my co-host, Delmar Austin. And uh, let's start with Daniel 9 here as we talk about what the Bible says about the land of Israel. We've talked about how it was that God led Abram to the land and about how God intended they would be his witnesses, his family, his generations that are descendants, and they they were at times, they were they were witnesses, but so many times they turned away from God and they went into uh, eventually they went into captivity. And this is the this is a very difficult time for Israel because Jerusalem has been destroyed. Yeah. Uh, Solomon's temple has been destroyed. The walls of Jerusalem have been torn down. People have been taken into captivity. They're slaves now. And uh, they have been there for about 70 years. Now, one of the first people that was taken when Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem was Daniel, the great prophet Daniel that that has a book written in the Bible. Daniel is still living in Babylon after 70 years of captivity. Daniel is probably about 90 years of age at this time. And Daniel is very concerned. He knows about the prophecy that Jeremiah made that they would only be in captivity for 70 years. So he's been counting down the days, essentially, and he's been waiting for God's deliverance. It doesn't seem possible that this could happen, but he is hoping that this is going to take place. And so what is he doing about it? He's praying. He is praying to God. In fact, Daniel chapter 9 has a long prayer that Daniel makes. And, And basically what he's doing is he is acknowledging the sins of the people of Israel. Yes, we have not been faithful to you, God, but but because of your compassion towards us and and the forgiveness that you offer us, please, you know, fulfill your promises to us and take us uh, out of this land of captivity and bring us back to the land of promise again. And so, if you if you look in Daniel chapter 9 and and look at verse 20, Here's, here's what Daniel writes about his experience there. He's been praying. Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. So Daniel's praying, very concerned about what's going to happen with his his people, the people of Israel. And Gabriel is sent from heaven. Who's Gabriel? He is an angel that stands 
right by God. So, so Abriel, Gabriel is sent as a messenger to Daniel to answer his prayer, to help him understand what is going to happen uh, to the Jewish nation. And what, what Gabriel tells him is pretty powerful stuff. And there's a lot of it in there, and I can't un- unpack every part of it here. But it has to do with the land of Israel. It has to do with the Jewish people in the future. And it, let me start reading what it is that Gabriel says as Gabriel is uh, relating this information here to Daniel. Verse 24 of Daniel chapter 9, Gabriel says, Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to bring about reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Wow, that's, that's quite a mouthful that Gabriel has just said. But it has to do with your people and your holy city. So this has to do with the Jewish nation. Yep. And it has to do with Jerusalem. What is going to happen? Well, it has something to do with transgression and sins, but making reconciliation for those sins. What happens? What is it that Gabriel is telling Daniel is going to happen in connection with the, with the people of God, in connection with the city of Jerusalem? What is going to happen? There is going to be... Now, I'm, I'm, I'm reading into this a little bit, but it does say it in the, in the verses of Scripture here. The Messiah is going to come, and the Messiah is the one who's going to resolve this issue of sin and iniquity. Notice in verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and, and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince... And then he goes and he gives some numbers and he gives some time frame that's involved with it. But he's talking about the coming of the Messiah. He is, the Messiah is coming and the Messiah is going to be the one that is going to resolve this problem. But it's important. It's going to happen right among your people. It's going to happen in Jerusalem. And and. You know, you need to understand how this will all impact the, the, the land that God gave you. What is going to be taking place? Well, Jesus indeed comes into this world, and it actually fits in very well with the prophecy that Daniel is given uh, by the prophet Gabriel here. And, and we could go into uh, some uh, explanation of what the time frame is. But notice in verse 26 now, because I want to focus on this and and what happens to Israel. It says, after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. What is Gabriel talking about there? Messiah shall be cut off. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus comes to this world. Jesus dies. He is cut off. He came to this world to live, to bring healing, to bring restoration. He comes, and he is cut off. And 
but not for himself, Gabriel says. Yeah. He, do, he doesn't need forgiveness of sins. It is the world that needs the forgiveness. It is the world that needs the restoration. And so Jesus comes for that. Then it goes on to say, and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. What? Messiah the prince is talked about in verse 25, right? Yep. yep. But then it talks about a prince that is going to come that will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Wow. The last time the city and the sanctuary were destroyed, it was the Babylonians. Yeah. That's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to die for the sins of the world. Jesus came to bring us salvation, to provide forgiveness for our sins. So what are they talking about there? So what is Gabriel talking about? In many parts of the Bible, they use a dualism. Yes. They have a way of, of showing one side and then the other side. There is a prince to come. He's going to come to the people of Israel. He's even going to come to Jerusalem. He will be Messiah the prince. Yes. Okay? But then there's also going to be another prince. Ah. And that prince is going to come, and that prince is going to be a destroyer. Yeah. And he will bring about the destruction of Jerusalem and even a destruction of many of God's people. Yeah, the prince of evil, which we call Satan. Well, we call Satan, but Satan works in this world with very real people. And that's exactly uh, what he did. Yeah. Um, Jesus comes, and Jesus fulfills what the Bible says here. He brings an end of sins, a reconciliation for iniquity, and he brings an everlasting righteousness. Is there sin in this world still? Yeah, oh, yeah. there is. Yeah, there's still sin. Every day. But he got the answer to sin. Right. He brought the answer to sin by the forgiveness that he offers to us. Jesus fulfilled his role in the same way there was a prince that came and destroyed the, the city of Jerusalem, destroyed Israel as a nation, and it happened not long after Jesus was on this earth. In fact, it was only about 40 years yeah. after Jesus had been resurrected and went to heaven that the Roman armies come in. And we can talk more about that in our, our uh, next episode, but uh, that is what takes place and fulfills what, what Gabriel's been telling to Daniel here. All right. We have one more day, and that's tomorrow, to wrap up our What Does the Bible Say About the Land of Israel? And I want to encourage you to email us at mac at com and let us know maybe what you'd like to put in the blank. What does the Bible say about two weeks ago we did women? Yes. What does the Bible say about creation? What does the Bible say about, well, why there is no such thing as evolution uh, for mankind? Always like to hear from you. It's Mac, M-A-C, like macaroni, Mac at theviewfromapew.com, and we would appreciate your input 
always. Now, if you'd like to hear all eight of these sessions, you may go to YouTube and just search for The View from a Pew, and you'll find that there will be eight individual modules. They're about 14 minutes long of all eight programs that we did on what does the Bible say about the land of Israel. Again, you can get those at youtube.com. Search for The View from a Pew. Also on podcast sites like Spotify, Amazon Music, CastBox, Player FM, uh, just all kinds of places. And thank you to our producer, Garth, for making that possible. I want to thank our sponsor, DivineTruthChristianStore.com. We're kind of getting close to the holidays, or some people would say October is. Well, every day should be a holiday for Jesus, but his birth is just around the corner. So I encourage you to shop at DivineTruthChristianStore.com and keep Christ in every gift you give. Divine Truth Christian Store.